0: What's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? I'm literally so anxious because the last couple podcasts the sound has been like absolute trash. If you're back, thank you. I appreciate it. And no, I can't do anything until I've recorded the podcast because I don't know what those little wave things mean on the recording software. So let's hope for the best. I hope everyone had a really nice holiday. I'm so happy to chat with you all, probably for the final time in 2020. Thank God. My holiday was pretty good. It was weird. Obviously, I wasn't with my family because where I live in Victoria, BC, there are travel restrictions where you're only allowed to see your immediate household and most of my family lives away in different cities in BC so it was kind of a bummer but I'm looking forward to 2021. I cannot believe this year is finally wrapping up like let's just put it to bed and hopefully start fresh (laughs) in the new year. Your Christmas gift to me if you would like to give me one, is to write a review and tell a friend about RTBP. It helps the pod find new listeners and it is much appreciated on my end. Also, if you follow me on socials at RTBP Podcast, you'll know about the Starbucks cups that I've made for friends of the pod in the last year and I'm doing another batch so DM me if you're interested in getting an RTBP Starbucks cup. Anyways enough housekeeping items let's get into it. Today I'm talking about some crazy Hollywood celebrity stories and then of course Bridgerton. I binged it in two days and need to talk to someone about it. And then we have quite the extensive This Week in Petty because I have some funny stories that I just want to chat about. Okay, so first on the docket is the Lizzie McGuire reboot has been cancelled and I'm literally so depressed. Like, I'm just so sad because I felt like, did this even happen in 2020? If it did, it was the only good thing to ever happen, (laughs) but... I just was so excited obviously companies like major networks and stuff like that have realized that nostalgia is such a good selling factor but I will fucking eat that up like no matter what it is I loved the girl meets world reboot the Gilmore Girls one was hit or miss But literally anything for nostalgia, I'll just come back to. I'm blanking on anything else I've seen rebooted. But I just love revisiting something and seeing where characters are now. And especially when it was so formative and the writers and producers, etc. Just do such a good job for fans, like putting in little Easter eggs and stuff. And I just love all of that. And I just get so excited whenever there's like a good reboot. And again, it's one of those things probably that the anticipation is better than the final product, but I don't even care. I really wanted the Lizzie McGuire reboot. But Hillary Duff posted over the holidays that via yeah, Instagram story, I will say, but she posted that it just did not work out. And I just don't get it. Like I don't get what the holdup was. Because I feel like this was so well-received. And I know that, like we talked about this on an earlier podcast, is that they filmed the pilot and they just wanted more mature and authentic storylines for Lizzie in her 30s. And Disney would not let them do that. And it's just, it seems so weird. And I wish that they would shop it around to other networks, but something like Lizzie McGuire, that's probably not possible where it is with other TV shows. And I'm just really sad that they couldn't come to a resolution. I think it's a big miss. I think Hillary's side is right, but neither side could reach an agreement or some type of middle ground. It's really, really hard to hear. But they did film parts of it, obviously. So I'd really like them to, like, release the first episode or something. I think that'd be really fun, just, like, on YouTube or something. (laughs) and maybe if they did that they could see what a warm like reception it would get and maybe they would i don't know figure something out about how they could come back together and write a script that made everybody happy and in other reboot news sex in the city also has been in talks about a new reboot or revisit as Sarah Jessica Parker said in like a recent interview. I think that this is really smart to do a not a reboot because obviously they've aged 10 years or 15 years and storylines would be different and the world has changed. Um, So sometimes it's not good to just do like a straight up reboot. I'm looking at you, Gilmore Girls, but I think kind of Gossip Girl is doing this too and I don't know how that's going to play out but I think it's really smart to do the TV show because the movies just didn't work. They were just so bad and like I kind of hope they're not canon and sometimes I think like do we need to even do a reboot on these shows? I think Sex and the City would be interesting but if you look back at it there's like a lot of problematic shit that happens with those women and I would just hope that they would bring like different perspectives in And I think with a TV show also, it would put less focus if Kim Cattrall or Samantha wasn't there. It's just easier, I think, to kind of move on. Even though I hate when casts come back, but it's only, like, part of a cast. I hate when off-screen drama, like, affects a TV show, like, ARC, etc. Okay, this is a big tangent, but I fucking hated... In Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I've lost everybody but when she breaks up with Angel just because he got a spin-off TV show like that's so dumb. They were obviously soulmates and I just hate when that type of like off-screen stuff affects the actual TV show. But it's interesting because it also just brings up the Kim versus I was gonna say Carrie but <laughs> Kim Cottrell versus Sarah Jessica Parker drama And really, I don't know why we were so surprised or at least I was surprised that they had beef because or that like Kim was overplaying Sam because if you look in the last movie, she like straight up isn't in it. Slash has a full Miami storyline where she's with none of the other cast. So that would have should have been like our, I think that was in the first movie, but that should have been like our first Sign that she was just like really, really, really over this. But yeah, what do you all think? Do we need a new Sex in the City reboot or are we good just rewatching all of the old ones? Sometimes I do think like there are really other good Darren Star TV shows who's the creator of Sex in the City, like younger, which actually one of the cast members of like the later season. Phoebe somebody <laughs> is the female lead in Bridgerton, so that's a nice connection for later on. But also, o- obviously, Emily in Paris we've been obsessed with ever since it was released. So I'm like, I kind of think that Darren Star has moved on to like other really great TV shows. So I'm like, mm, maybe we don't need this. And I'm a huge Sex in the City fan, so kind of wild that I would be saying that. Anyways, the next thing I was gonna talk about and I'm actually pretty surprised that I'm even doing this because I went down such a big rabbit hole that I feel like I'm done talking about it, but I feel like I'd be upset if RTBP didn't cover this because it is extremely petty, but Hilaria Baldwin (laughs) has had quite the post-Christmas scandal. Basically, if you live under a rock, what happened was Amy Schumer was like reposting some of Hilaria's Instagram posts and like it was in jest. It was basically just kind of commentary, I guess, on like mommy bloggers and women like really, really showing off their post baby bodies when it might seem like unrealistic for most folks or that that should be a focus that people have after they've had a child. So I think that that was kind of her main point. I didn't read into it too, too much, but she was reposting Hilaria Baldwin. So her name was just kind of in the media and someone tweeted, I cannot believe Hilaria Baldwin has had like a career where she's faked being Spanish for 10 years or that was the gist of it. I didn't write down the actual tweet, so, (laughs) or the person that tweeted it, TBH, but if you just look up Hilaria on Twitter, you'll find it right away, but basically, it was a single tweet, and then it became a thread of videos, info, wiki articles, etc., basically showing that she had a fluctuating accent, that She said in interviews she was born in Mallorca, Spain, and then sometimes in the U.S., or she moved here for college. Just all of these basically conflicting stories, and it blew up. And I think it blew up because, like, especially because of the time where not a lot is going on, like, not only is it kind of that post-Christmas slump, that weird time before New Year's, but Not a lot in the celeb world has even happened in 2020 because of COVID. So I think that it just blew up because everyone, including myself, is just dying for a little hot goss. Yesterday, she decided to address it on Instagram and Alec Baldwin, her husband, and Ireland Baldwin, her stepdaughter, did as well. And basically, they all blamed like poor journalism, just danced around the actual like question. And then Hilaria in no accent, like an American accent, (laughs) talked a little bit about how she was born in the U.S. but spent summers in Spain. And I think she really just thought like it was cool or like exotic to be from Spain and I guess she has some small connection there. I'm not even sure if any of her family is there, but it's not cool. It's like actually pretty fucked up when you think about it, like pretending to be from a different culture that you are not a part of. And I think that a lot of people have been talking about this story, but and I I think a few news articles have touched on this, but like it's not super fucked up about like how kind of gross that really is. And it just opens up a whole can of worms for me. Like, does Alec know that she was lying this whole time? Because I watched her very first interview on, like, Good Morning America or GAA. I don't even know what that was with, but it was with, like, Laura Spencer. And she had, like, a full-on Spanish accent. And then I watched a David Letterman interview with Alec where he imitated his wife with a Spanish accent. I said, my wife is from Spain and and I just watched a bunch of other clips I really 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 went down this rabbit hole basically her accent just like comes and goes but I don't think Alec knew maybe like or he was part of the ruse it's just so fucking weird in his Instagram video he just says like everyone should check the source. And I'm like, we did. And it was hilarious. And she lied. (laughs) So it's just so weird. But if you need like a good 30 minutes to like take a break from your family or distract yourself, it is a really fun read. And it is absolutely blown up. Like I did a quick Google search before this. Not that I wrote down any key information like the Twitter user (laughs) who first tweeted it or like I don't know some fucking quotes or something but I think that it was just what we needed to wrap up 2020 is just like a juicy gossip story. Anyways I think that's enough Hilaria Baldwin or should I say Hillary Baldwin. I think all of the evidence speaks for itself and I can't wait to see what is next. Like does she go on Red Table Talk? Does she rejoin social media. What's next for her? I have no idea. And what's next for Alec? Like, does he admit that this was a farce and they break up in six months? I don't know. They have like five kids. Or does he just like (laughs) silently go into the shadows? He just came off that big like SNL run. So stay tuned, everybody. Okay, so now for the part of the podcast that I've been literally dying to talk about Bridgerton. 20 minutes in and we're finally here. So Bridgerton is the first Shonda Rhimes TV show that has been released on Netflix. And I started seeing trailers for it like last month and I just knew it was exactly everything that I've ever hoped for. (laughs) And it truly did not disappoint. So as you all know, I binged all six seasons of Outlander during the pandemic, like in the really dark days of like March and April, it was just so easy to binge, and so is this. I watched it in two days, and it's very, very similar. I realize now that maybe my type of TV is not just reality TV; it's like soft core porn, like period pieces. Like, because if you like those two things, like, please watch Bridgerton. I think that the storylines in Outlander are better, but the costumes and stuff in Regency England or whatever the F it's called, Regency London, question mark, is just so beautiful. The costumes are absolutely insane. They are so detailed and beautiful and everyone, like even the extras, are dressed to the nines. The sets are stunning. Um, Basically, 90% of the show is like at balls and they just truly outdid themselves. I think truly that the first episode of Bridgerton, I might honestly rewatch it again, even though I finished the series yesterday. I literally think that it was the best hour of television I've watched in, like, maybe years, question mark? I think that it has one of the most solid series premieres that I've, like, ever seen, which kind of sucks because basically what I'm saying is every episode is, like, downhill from there, but that episode of TV is just, it's so good, and people are describing it as, like, like a soapy drama and just like frothy and just everyone is beautiful to look at and the costumes are so great and the plot is good. It's like Gossip Girl meets Pride and Prejudice. It's basically everything I like in a TV show. So this is definitely Aki, but I think I want to talk about the sex scenes for just a second. It's definitely like woman first sex scenes, which I think in Outlander is the same. Basically just saying that it's like equitable, <laughs> like like you see as much nudity of the men as you do the women and that they are both performing sex acts that are reciprocal which obviously is really good in a 2020 show. And I think that that's something that the show does try to do. They definitely try to put more, like, feminist takes into the TV show. Like, there's Eloise who wants to, who wants a job and wants to travel and really respects Lady Whistledown because she's, like, making it on her own. And I think the job also shows just how old sexism and like poor sex education truly is like when we think about this might be getting a little (laughs) too deep but when we think about like these colonial thoughts about sex it's like that's why we have so much shame in our society because if what we learned stemmed from this society that was depicted in this television show It was all about secrecy. The boys and men learned what sex was, what to do, and could have it with anybody without repercussions where the women didn't know anything. Like, this TV show seriously hinges on the girls, not, like, the debutantes not knowing how babies are made, which is, like, so wild and obviously seems so ridiculous when we live in a day and age where you can google everything and find out for yourself these types of things but the things that have stuck around are these pieces about shame and who can have sex and when they can have sex and yeah it was just really really interesting or those are the things that I was thinking about I think another thing from the show that I was thinking about if we're getting to like the negative <laughs> parts, which if you are new to the pod, this is kind of what we do, but I'm kind of tired. Like I've been seeing a lot of articles online about like Simon and Daphne have like a problematic relationship for a number of reasons. I'll I'll get into that in a bit, but I am kind of sick of just like These storylines of couples that we are supposed to romanticize, and it's usually like the man has like trauma that's not dealt with, and that the woman like has to come in and fix it, which kind of happens in this show. And like, I think of After and I think of Fifty Shades of Grey and like stuff like that, like, where it's like childhood trauma man 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 hasn't dealt with it (laughs) like fucking go to therapy and then becomes an adult is problematic but gets with the woman and then the woman like has to fix it and then they live happily ever after even though it was like tough times for a while can you think of any tv shows or books or movies that don't depict this or I don't know. Do other people have thoughts on this? Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe I'm like completely off base, but just please let me know. There is a plot line that I really wish they edited from the book. These are based on books. I can't remember if I said that at the beginning. I'm not going to spoil it on here, but something happens between Daphne and Simon without Simon's consent. And I think it was clearly depicted that it was wrong, but it was kind of brushed over after that. So I would just say there are some great articles online that talks about this and discusses this moment and if you're feeling yucky about it like I was, please read those and take care of yourself. As I mentioned, these are books. There's eight of them, but actually two through eight are highlighting different characters. I'm assuming different members of the Bridgerton family and people that are in the Bridgerton family realm but i'm wondering do you think that the netflix show continues that um it's not focused on simon and daphne and they become b-plot characters or do you think that simon and daphne were such compelling characters that we'll see them as the leads again i don't know it'll be really interesting because i know that gossip girl two two gossip girl referen- references on this podcast no one's more shocked than me but Like they followed the book really closely in the first season and then kind of did their own thing for the coming seasons and I wonder if they do that for this too. Anyways, if you need anything to binge before you restart school or work or whatever in the new year, highly suggest Bridgerton. It was juicy and I will probably watch it again. So finally, we are back with This Week in Petty. I've got three little mini stories that I want to share. So the first one is I've been doing a major clean out of my apartment and my wardrobe. And obviously, I think that the best thing to do with unused clothes is like donate them or take them to a secondhand store and sell them and use that money to buy more clothes because capitalism I recently went to basically like the only secondhand store or so I thought in Victoria and it's in this bougie neighborhood called Oak Bay and like it's a secondhand store so I didn't feel like Akko going in but like I was like I don't know if they're gonna accept all my items like maybe they're not like designer enough or whatever But I was like, no, this is like the most appropriate one. I'll go here. So I go (laughs) like it's never good when they're like, okay, we'll go through your like bag of clothes and then you have to like awkwardly walk around the store like pretending that you're interested in buying something and they just like touch on your clothes and like are judging them, obviously. So this guy's going through my clothes and he's like, this is the line that they give when they like think you're, (laughs) you're. stuff is shit but they're like actually sorry we're we're full we're very full right now but maybe you should try rich rags <laughs> I was like you mean rich rags the store like across the street from my apartment that literally looks like it belongs to a desolate mall that like old people hang out at that, like no one would ever go to. <laughs> like I can't say like enough bad things. It's like literally in a strip mall that has like a medical clinic, a dog food store, <laughs> and like a pharmacy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like literally so embarrassed. Like I'm kind of embarrassed, like, saying this again like honestly maybe the Brazilian wax story was less embarrassing to them but I was like fuck it and I drive to Retrags and they take all my items <laughs> but the worst part is it's like you have to contact them they 30 days after 30 days to see if any of our items sold and I, I call them and they're like yeah we have $9 for you so I I don't know why I can't stop laughing, but it's just, oh, it was just so humbling. <laughs> it is a nightmare. So I hope you enjoyed that story. I don't know if people are interested in that type of like content because it seems so mundane. but literally, I have so many funny stories about selling stuff online, like, I think I shared this on the podcast, but do you remember when I sold my vacuum on like Craigslist and the woman came with a with her husband and a bag of dirt (laughs) on the carpet in my apartment lobby so she could see if the vacuum worked? And she made like a special concoction of like cat food and like dirt and like lint. (laughs) Anyways, I feel like I have like a million of these stories. So let me know if that's content that you're interested in listening to. The next story is also about clothes. And it was like a tweet or TikTok or something that I saw. And it's this girl and she (laughs) she's pretending to be a host at a restaurant in Paris. And she's greeting the guests And she's saying like, bonjour, bonsoir, bonjour, bonjour. And then it's like when the host sees me and my mom and it's like, hello. (laughs) And it it was so fucking funny because that is literally what happens in Paris is like they just start speaking English to you because they know you're like some tacky tourist. But Kate. This is the problem that I have with this. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, pack a bunch of different clothes just for Paris? Like, yes, I'm rolling up in my, like, fucking sneaker. And, like, maybe, like, a khaki short. (laughs) I don't know why that was the first item that came to mind. (laughs) Like, I'm, like, in a safari. (laughs) But I kind of look like that. But, like, I'm in comfortable clothes because... I've been running around your city all day taking in the sights. So, yeah, I look like trash, but nothing is more demeaning than walking into, like, a Parisian bakery or restaurant and then being like, hello. I don't know why that kind of sounded British, but literally... Nothing just says, like, you're a piece of shit than someone French swish- switching to English immediately. I wish one day that I will be that traveler, though, like, <laughs> like, that has those beautiful outfits and can, like, take those beautiful photos. Remember when I thought that was me in Scotland and then I was in a fucking <laughs> rain poncho for, for the full two days? Uh, I just thought that I was going to get, like, some beautiful, like, Aesthetically pleasing Instagram photos, and I just looked like a total chump. Okay, last mini this weekend petty, petite petty, if you will. I was at a Starbucks um recently buying friend of the pod Dana a birthday gift, and I follow COVID rules like my life depends on it because it quite literally does. But I was in Starbucks standing like six feet behind a lady in line. There was someone at cash like ordering their drink and then the lady and then me. And she turns around to me and she says, excuse me, I think there's only two people allowed in the store. And I look down at the three squares that have been beautifully taped out for us. And then I look to the door and point to the sign. I say, lady, there's three people allowed in this Starbucks. Can you please move back to your designated square? <laughs> and I think that was my first like COVID confrontation I've ever had. I'm so surprised that I haven't gotten more because I will not hesitate to to tell someone that they need to back up or put on a mask. But this was the first one I had. But I was like, do not come for me and COVID rules, lady. Like, I've read the door. I've put myself in a square. I've hand sanied. I'm wearing my mask. Please don't come for me. She did honestly handle it well. It it could have been one of those videotaped moments maybe that go like viral on Twitter. (laughs) But she was just like, oh, okay. But yeah, don't try to out COVID rule me (laughs) because I will win every single time. Okay, everybody. I think that's it from me. As I mentioned before, I think this is my last episode of 2020. So I just want to say... Thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for listening to RTBP. It means so much to me. I cannot wait to see what 2021 has in store for the pod. I hope that we all have the best year of our lives next year or that it's just marginally better. I will take that too. If you have enjoyed this episode, leave RTBP a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. And if you think there's someone in your life that would like RTBP, let them know about the pod and tell them that I sent you that kind of sounded like a threat or something someone would say in like a movie to like the lead like trying to like I don't know solve a mystery or something or solve a crime I don't know but we're always looking for new listeners to join the party so let someone you love know about RTBP Anyways, I hope you are safe and sound and healthy and thriving out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.